0: Hi, it's No Crumbs Left and I'm sitting across from my long-term friend um, of many years, Rachel Fisk. Welcome, Rachel. Hi, Terry. So happy to be here. This is so much fun. I love it because um, I, I thought I it it had a podcast today and I didn't and I've been thinking for such a long time that I want to have Rachel on the podcast and I've been making some notes of things we would talk about and I said last night at 10 o'clock, are you free tomorrow at one, want to do a podcast and miraculously she's here and you're one of the busiest people I know so I'm stunned that it worked. It
1: was a little bit of a miracle and also it was good that I didn't have a week or two to prepare because I made a list of things to talk about and I'm glad I didn't do that um, for the whole coming
0: week. I love that and what's nice is we can write notes but then of what we might talk about but we're just gonna talk. Right. Right. So I think first and foremost um Dear friends for a long time, and what's beautiful is that our daughters are very best friends and have been since since the day they were born.
1: Yeah, yeah, and they just called. They
0: just called. They're so to, excited to say good luck. <laughs> we wish that they were here here to. That join would be us. fun. So and to say, it's like we're so much more. It's like we're sisters. We're dear friends. We're family, um, and you know we've shared raising our daughters in the most intimate and you know, incredible way and has taken us through so many peaks and valleys from Lily's dad dying to my getting a divorce to uh, my parents being gone, your mother. I mean, so we've known each other through so many things. Um, So we are just we are so many things for each other. Yeah, that's really true. So many births and so many deaths. So let's start at the beginning. How did we meet?
1: Well, I and my husband, Barrett, walked into Stephen's yoga class and um, I, you were four months pregnant. You were multitasking like crazy. And there were, it, this was before any of us had a cell phone. You were on the phone. You were checking people in. You had some separate conversation going on. You had so much going on and you were running the yoga class and you also really warmly welcomed me. And so that's how we first met. And i I would say, not that week, but probably the following week of yoga, we were, all four of us as two couples, going out after yoga to enjoy a beer. And I think it all started there. And what happened was, um, I think you were four months pregnant. I may, might be making that I up. I think that's right. But um, by the time Patrick was born, I had basically entirely changed my life just so that I could be your best friend. <laughs> so you had the baby and you were like, well, why do you play tennis so much? And, and I said, yeah, I don't know. Why don't I stop playing tennis five days a week and instead wake up and go to your house? So r- literally what we started doing was I would just go over there and, and just hang out because as you know, as you probably remember, it's just a lot of hours with a baby. Right. And so I learned how to be a mother to an infant on Patrick. First diaper I ever changed. First baby I ever fed with a bottle. And that is kind of all we did. Um, Actually, the first time I went to your house, there's two. I have two great memories. One of them was um, you had just moved, and you were unpacking, and I thought, this woman who I didn't really know that well yet, sure has a lot of serving platters. I was like, <laughs> for a person my age, that is a lot of platters. <laughs> foreshadowing right Right. exactly exactly and then the other thing was was that you said um on that same day I think you had said why don't you come over after yoga I mean after tennis and I'll make you a sandwich and I was like oh no I'm fine I don't need a sandwich and then I got there and you're like how about if I make you a sandwich and so in my imagination it's like you get two pieces of bread put some lunch meat and you put a piece of cheese and you give the person their sandwich you were really insisting on making me a sandwich so I said fine make me the sandwich. And you brought me this creation that I almost cried. It was so beautiful. And it was, I think just like a regular, um, grilled cheese, but it had things in it like, um, sauerkraut and sliced pickles. And you made this special sauce and it was just dripping with special sauce. It was perfectly, perfectly grilled. And it was like, this is the best sandwich literally I've ever eaten in my life. So that was the first thing you ever cooked for me. And, um, yeah, it was like beyond compare. So in terms of my memory of of you cooking, that still stands out even though it happened when Patrick was a month old.
0: I love that. In fact, we always say Pat, Patrick was your practice baby. Yeah, he was my practice baby. So many things there was a point where Patrick was asthmatic and then the doctor's like definitely put him on a non-dairy diet and so there was a point where all the dairy left the house and then at some point Patrick went over to your house. And it was like, you know, if you want cheese, we'd be like, well, we don't have any, we don't have any, we don't have any. You know, you don't go at like, two we We're like, you're on a dairy-free diet, you know. So um, what happened when Patrick came to your house and opened the refrigerator? Well,
1: he was a very persistent child. Well, just, you can imagine, um, and hadn't had cheese in a long time. I wasn't opening the refrigerator to get cheese for him, but course, he saw never. it, and he looked up at me with the most beautiful smile, and he goes, cheese? <laughs> and I said... And this is like you – now that I know after, you know, having been a parent this long, you would never say this to someone. I'm like, yes, but don't tell your mom. Yes, of course. Right. Uh-huh. So I gave him a little slice of cheese. So
0: I love all it. All is well. All is well. And he's vegan now. And he's so vegan it now. all worked out well for him. Yeah. Well, of course, we had the years of, you know, getting together as couples and doing things. And you know Stephen so well. And I knew Barrett so well. And all having our own friendships. And, you know, part of what I loved was some of our weekly traditions, such as – we used to get weekly pedicures together. Right. Like it was wow. our standing date and I had a babysitter and we would go and um, just like one of those things like we like to – because we're very different people. And right. Clearly, we're just very different and we're similar in just our own passion for mothering and love of family and kids. We and, did not even – we were so different. We did
1: not even ever like each other's
0: colors that we picked for our tone Totally. Aunts. So I always wanted, like, red or whatever, and you wanted sort of, um, I don't know, sort of kind of maroon or brown uh-huh. or... I think, I think it was called prune Danish. Prune Danish. Oh, yes, which I thought was just... You hated it. Horrid. And root beer float root was beer also... Float. And yeah. then sometimes we'd say, well, let's pick each other's colors, which we couldn't ever do because we liked completely different colors. Yeah. Uh, and then that led to our every Tuesday having family dinners together. And what did we have every Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. Taco Tuesday, every single Tuesday. Yeah. So you guys would come for years and come over for dinner, and the kids would play, and Rachel would do my chopping in the kitchen Yeah, and help with dishes because I hate dishes. Well, you had the most amazing special taco
1: sauce that you made that I think made the entire platter for me. And another amazing thing about your platters was that we had such a range of different kinds of eaters, Mm -hmm. and somehow you had so many things on the platter that everybody – could eat anything they
0: wanted right it was amazing well people are always like these platters you make I and mean, what happens do you toss the platters and it's like it, it is it's like it's i can't get behind the thought that people don't understand like you go to the platter just take whatever you want yeah if you want corn take corn if you're a chicken eater take chicken if you eat beef, fantastic if you want more greens great if you're more vegetarian or if you just like cheese um but we did i mean for years and years and years and the kids wouldn't do these make-believe games downstairs. And that was before, like, my kids didn't have a TV at that point. And we did, we did, even though I didn't go to the Waldorf school, you guys did. And I loved all the Waldorfian ideas. So in terms of the playroom, I made this, before I had a blog, you know all the energy I put into a blog? Uh-huh. You put okay. it into the playroom. Put it into the damn playroom. And we're talking about all the little wooden, you know, things for the kitchen and, you know, the cloths for... And all of the Waldorf stuff. And um, we had a spectacular play. And do you remember those plays that the kids would do? And I'm talking every week. The kids would do an
1: hour-long play or however long they could get the adults to sit there and watch it. And it was improv. It was improv, but they would rehearse it for two hours. And then they would say, we're ready. And then they would just improv for hours. Then when it was time to end and it was time to go, they would do a special handshake goodbye. Except for it was like an entire body dance a dance it would be a dance and it would last also five minutes
0: and it was running down the hall and then running back and then lucy catching lily who's in the air and yeah
1: they had a very elaborate dance and they had really a very elaborate childhood
0: yeah and then there I was think. lily who had baby jupiter who was her make-believe invisible car invisible car and then occasionally she'd say i can't leave because i've lost baby jupiter in the who house. is invisible and we can't find Baby Jupiter uh-huh. yeah. because Baby
1: Jupiter is invisible.
0: Yeah, those were those were the days. Those are the days. I mean, it was all it was. We it was so great up until the time where you're like, okay, we all have to separate now and go home. Yeah, and uh, they're gonna have to go. And it, like the negotiating you would have to do to get you guys out the door. And we loved having you, but there's a point where it's like everybody's yeah. got to go to bed. Uh huh. You know. But um, lots of really wonderful it, times. Night- they took a couple hour-long showers also oh, together. Oh, my God. I mean, you'd be like, yeah, they were little, and they're like, yeah, we're going to take a shower or whatever. It would be like – I'd be like, how long have been in there? And, and my point is, like, they're keeping busy. No one's fighting. Exactly. They're contained. They're contained. Water play. A mm-hmm. lot of fun. So what are some of your uh, favorite stories of
1: us? Um, oh, my gosh. I have so many stories of us. But I think first and foremost for yes. me yes. is that um, just when I think about you, I feel like I would not be – I am without you because primarily who I am is a yoga teacher. And what happened was I started loving yoga, and you said, Why don't you start a yoga class? When are you going to really be a yoga teacher? And I said, "Uh, I don't know. I don't think I'm ready yet. And what you did was you emailed, and this was like really way before email lists, but you emailed, I think, 2,000 local people in Chicago and said that a new yoga class was starting. You set up the price. You, set, you decided how I was going to charge people. You found a venue. And then you told me, by the way, you're teaching yoga on Wednesday mornings. And my life was forever changed because wow. I've been a yoga teacher ever since.
0: Wow. Yeah, I love that. I know.
1: So I one of my favorite things about you is you just do things. I like to sit and think about things for a really long time. So that was one of the things where you just plunged in and you just simply did the thing. It's like you actually went over my head. And I couldn't not show up to the yoga class that I was planning to teach. I mean, so thank you for that. Oh, it changed that. my life forever.
0: Well, and it's interesting because along this line of me writing a book, I mean, who would ever go Terry Turner author? Uh, frankly, I wouldn't. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing about that, and, and
1: Lori reminded me of this earlier, is that um, – Right when we first met, I probably needed a gift for you. And so I got you this book by Lori Colwin called Home Cooking. Mm -hmm. And she was the um, New Yorker food writer. But when you think New Yorker food writer, you think something pretentious. But she was completely unpretentious. And she would do something like write two pages about a tomato and then give a little very unpretentious recipe. About it was like a slice, tomato. slice and, and Yeah, exactly. Yes. Or like pears or eggs, something really simple. And I gave it to you, and I remember saying, I really could see you doing this. This is totally you. And this is, the, we're talking 20-something years ago. 24 yeah. years ago, probably. So who would have thought you were going to be an author? I mean, I wouldn't have necessarily thought it, but there was something in me that was like, I could totally see you doing this book. Unbelievable. Yeah, it is. It is. unbelievable.
0: Well, you have certainly brought me to things that have been really important to me. I mean, when it came time to, you know, some years back and I was offered these different opportunities to write and whatnot, and I would have really been nervous to, I mean, your thing was like, do it. You can do this. You're a force. We can figure everything out that we need to know. Right. Just say yes. Don't get overwhelmed. I can help you think through it. I can edit it. And, um, you know, along the line of everything happening at No Crumbs Left, and there were these different things. I mean, one of the things was standing with Kate Shiffrin over the washing machine where I was like, I want something more from my life. What? What? What is it? You know, that was a moment. And there was a moment of Alex and Brian messaging me and saying, you know, would you want a food right for us? You know, but another one of those moments is when all of this started to happen. And and it's like that, in, that law of intention. You get it in your mind. You sort of you see it happening, and then it's going, and you saw that happening in a way. And you said this, and actually I've saved the note you said to me, but it was like, you can do this. Don't get overwhelmed. Absolutely go for it. Uh, and I, I found it recently where I was like, oh, wow, you know. But I, if not for you, I definitely wouldn't be in this moment, you know, because you've, you've believed in it, and you've helped it and from the beginning, because I know how to talk about food, but when it comes to, like, where is a comma and is this correctly spelled, that is not my forte.
1: Right, right, right. Well, I know that you have the content, and I've always known that you had the content, whether you were writing a eulogy right. or something promotional. You totally know what you want to say, but then if, I think it's the idea of committing it to paper right. where you say, oh, well, I'm not actually a writer. But it's like you, you are. It's just the putting it down down part that you... Um,
0: and certainly I've gotten better because right. you have to create yeah. content every day. Absolutely. You know, it, But for me, it's more like when I start to say what I want to say about a post, I actually say it into the phone. I don't write it. Right. I talk into the phone saying, oh, and yeah. Easter, and it's here, and we're all excited talking about, you know, and whatever. Um, so, at, you know, a certain point, I just want to bring Barrett into the thing, the thing. So, you know, because what happened to our lives was we were raising our kids side by side, um, but at a certain point... Um, we we made a decision that was actually we wanted to raise our kids together, you know, sort of as siblings and to help each other and support each other. And with all of the changes that it happened for each of us. So do you have anything you want to say about just us making that decision and what that looked like? And- yeah. Well, the first thing is that whenever you
1: say that everybody thinks that we lived in the same house, which I need to emphasize that we didn't actually live in the same house. But for us, I think raising our kids together meant um, – You have a certain amount of leeway. Here's my child for the day. And um, it was like I 100% trust that whatever goes on is going to be fine with me and fine and for the highest good of my kid. And then we also had opposite daughters where – you had the daughter that was, are we allowed to say tomboy? I don't oh, even yeah. know. That's, yeah. yeah. You had the daughter, yeah. I'll call it, who was more androgynous. And mm-hmm. I had the daughter that all she wanted to do was dress up and put makeup on and put her hair up. And she had fantasies of wedding dresses. And so it was kind of, for us, great and balanced for us to be able to share daughters so that we could have kind of a different experience. And, um, totally.
0: I mean, you're more of a tomboy by nature. Oh, yeah. That's you know. exact, yeah I'm that's, a girl that loves a lovely handbag. And um, I love that. I mean, Lucy wanted to wear, you know, boys' underwear and, and gym shoes and play basketball in the backyard. And um, Lily was definitely more of a, a real girly girl who loved, like, beautiful things and her lipstick and right. makeup tutorials. And I think that we, you know, l- love each other's kids so much. Yeah. You know, my kids love you. Your kids, your daughter loves me. And yeah. they know that they can come to us, and we know that that also if we need help with each other's kids, you know, I've gone through sometimes with Patrick, as you know, um, and also, you know, things with Lucy and that we've had this as a resource has been such a gift. And it I mean, really has at a certain point. I remember Stephen and I, you know, broke up and Stephen moved to the East Coast. And um, I, d- I don't think I really could have done it had I not known that you were going to be in the trenches with me, that we would. We would bur- carry the burden together and the joys. And, I mean, every one of my kids' programs, like from, you know, graduation of everything that they ever did to gymnastic shows to plays, I always knew that you and I would sit next to each other and we would, we would ball. Mm-hmm. We would just cry the entire time, like yep. like at Lily's Waldorf things. I, I would go and they'd be like, who's the woman in the front? Because, you know, I get started crying and I can't. Yes, I'm not loud, but I'm sobbing. Mm-hmm. And people are like, who is that woman? We Why would hold hands here? and cry. Yeah, cry. that was cry. us.
1: Um, and also, I, I think you hosted many, if not most, of Lily's birthday parties I because did. I'm sure all of your listeners would know you love to throw a party. Yes. And I am an introvert who, before I even think of planning the party, I think, how can I contain people and make sure they leave at the appointed leaving time? <laughs> I'm like, and how much minimal amount of food can I get away with serving? And you're like elaborate and you want it to be really fun. And so um, at some point you started um, getting in on Lily's birthday parties and really gave my daughter an experience um, of how do you really celebrate yourself and um, that I probably would have been a lot more austere in terms of celebration <laughs> you could have two of your best friends over um, so just even that just even the birthday um, the birthdays that Lily was able to have
0: And then there's that we knew each other's moms. We knew each other's moms. I mean, I love that you spent time in Deerfield and that you were there, you know, just really to see the magic of who my mother was. And you came for holidays. And you truly loved both my parents so much. You know, I love your parents, um, that we got to have that. I mean, it's so meaningful to me that you love my mom and that you really, really knew her. Yeah. Um, It is it's important i mean when people are gone it's so important that other people not only love them but give voice to their name to remember them that we don't put people away in the closet but that we think about them you know i mean just on the page someone we brought up yesterday this idea of for me that celebrating the day someone died or whatever that is I'm not celebrating that's not the day of acknowledgement for me if my dad lived thirty thousand days altogether there's only one day that's the least important and that's actually the day that he died and so for me Every year, you know, having that come up, it would be really torture for me. So what I do is create their birthdays and other days that we celebrate it, and that we really remember them, and we talk about them, and we have symbols in our lives for them. Yeah. Um, and it, not you know, it. And of course, there are other people that feel other ways, but so many people it resonated with and did stories saying, "Thank you for that." I needed someone to tell me that. You know, um, you've always been so good with rituals and celebrations. I like celebrations yeah. and rituals. So at a certain point, you and Barrett, who was your former husband, were divorced, uh, but you guys co-parenting with Lily and Barrett, Barrett, very much a part of our lives, and I remember the day that Barrett died. I mean, I remember you guys, the day before you took this picture, I, when I think about it, I, I could just really tear up. It was you and Lily and Barrett together in the grocery store, and yeah. it was the three of you that took this picture. It was like the most freaking beautiful picture. The day before the he day died. The day before he died. Yeah. And I remember you texting me, Lily, you guys at that point were living in New Mexico. Lily, you guys, she went back to Mexico and Rachel texted me and she said, Barrett died. Yeah. And she said, I'm not kidding. And I go, are you kidding? Yeah. Are you kidding? Because it's so shocking. It was, the series of
1: texts was, Barrett died, not kidding. Are you kidding? No.
0: Because it just like, it can't be, you know. Right. Yeah, and I remember all of our lives changing, yeah. you, you know, so much. You Who-
1: literally came and picked me up yes. that minute from where I was, and and you know, took me to him and and his family, and um, it was like we fell into um, your arms, and and a sense of community. But I, it was almost like I was incapacitated. I had no idea what am I going to do, but what I knew was I was safe with you, and. You really excel in a crisis let 's face it. Right. a few days later, there was the most remarkable buffet with a hundred people at your house, um, just showering us with love and you know Lily we were just trying to get Lily to drink smoothies
0: right
1: um, but but you managed to um create the most beautiful celebration of life. Yeah, it
0: was. It was beautiful. And people were so filled with love you yeah. know, for, for Barrett. And someone made did who who made the beautiful book?
1: Someone made a beautiful book yeah, for somebody us. Somebody made a beautiful book. Yeah. And we yeah. basically just decided to never move out after that.
0: And, and then what happened was you guys I mean you were living somewhere else, you guys yeah. came back to Chicago. Yeah. We never left. And and then we all lived together, which yeah. was um I mean, it was just like, it was a, in this way, this time we all held each other. Because yeah. we were going through transition in our yeah. home, too. There was a lot Steven going on. Gone and we all, you know, held each other in this, you know, in this period of time. Yeah,
1: I mean, and interestingly, um, Lucy mentioned, in, and Lucy and Patrick mentioned in a podcast that there was never a time when you didn't have house guests And at that time when we were living with you, there also were two boys Patrick's age, kind of almost full-time living right. at your house as well.
0: One boy. Had, and so yeah. we did... Yeah.
1: Um, Remember, we did the five love languages, and we did the Enneagram, and yes. we all sat down and, like, made everybody um, to tell tell each other what their love languages were, because it's like, if we're going to all live together, we should really learn each other. Right. Um, yeah. Right. I remember yours was acts of service.
0: Acts of service, yeah, and spending time together.
1: And spending time together. Yeah. And, and Lucy's was, like, a quality of attention.
0: Yes. And Lily's was gifts. oh well, mine was gifts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Lily was somehow equally distributed among yeah. all five of them. Oh, I love it! But it was really good. It was so good for the kids, mm-hmm. also, because because um, what they learned, I think, was that when when you ask them to do something and then they don't do it, that you feel unloved because it's right. your love language. Right. So that was really huge for them to realize it wasn't just that you're giving orders. It's like this is a way of showing love. And um, yeah, did, and I mean, it, and
0: I'm a believer, like. You're living at home with your mom, yeah. and it is important to do your part. It you is know? important to put the chip clip on the chips.
1: <laughs> was Lily who yeah. – It was Lily, as we found out.
0: We'd be like every day, why are the chips unclipped? It'd be like, everybody like, it's not me, it's not Nobody. me. Nobody <laughs> – and then when Lily and I at some
1: point did move out, and then I called you one day, and I said, you know, Lily leaves the chips open every night. I
0: think it was her, all those – Yeah, you're like – and you know what? We are – the chips are closed, so yeah. we – yeah, we, we, we agree to it. So I love how Lily and Lucy used to say that they were sisters and people oh would God. try to figure out because there was like the two fathers and there would be people. And my thing is, like, if you're going to go out in the world and do whatever, like Patrick used to say to someone when he was little, yeah, I'm, I'm creating roller coasters. That's what I'm going to do. I am not going to go around saying, well, he doesn't. He's. Eight, he isn't going to create a roller coaster. I'd say, someone say, is he building roller coasters? And I would say, you know what? Whatever Patrick sets his mind to, he can do so, absolutely. So if these girls are in the world saying they're sisters, I'm not going to have a need to. It's like this is the way that they feel. But there would be people like kids who try to figure out why do you have two sets of mothers Mm -hmm. and two sets of fathers and how does it work? Right. And we had a code, which is we're not going to let you figure it out. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. We sent them to day camp. They went to art camp or something. And they came home and they said, Tell us exactly how we're sisters. Right. And, and we've, we learned that earlier that day, they had said that you were the mom mm-hmm. and that Barrett and Stephen were the dads.
0: <laughs> or Rachel
1: got nothing. I'm, no, yeah. I'm, I'm the nanny.
0: Rachel's the but aunt.
1: We also realized in order for that to work, Lily would have had to be, have been nine months old when you conceived with Stephen and had another baby. And, and then we just thought, how can we send them back to camp with them thinking, you're the one that's dropping them off at camp. We're going to send them back, and, and everyone thinks that you had a baby with my husband. and
0: We were like your sisters, yeah, and you don't yeah. have to explain anything they, else.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Oh, my gosh. Are I you, think it's some, some of their favorite stories. What are some of your favorite stories of ours? Um, I really like when Lucy really wanted a crew cut.
1: Okay. And and you were, Like upset by the idea. I don't know how old she was. We'll we'll call it nine, eight or nine. So I came over probably for Taco Tuesday. And you said, so Lucy's really wanting a crew cut. And you kind of looked at me like, of course, you disagree. And I go, what's wrong with Lucy getting a crew cut? I would get a crew cut, too. And that reminded me of when um, your mom was going through cancer and she was losing her hair.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So um, I said, I have a great idea, like in solidarity why don't you and your sisters shave their heads? You told that to your mom, and your mom goes, "That is the dumbest idea I've ever heard." <laughs> yeah, so I did. I did something about me and shaven heads. I probably still would shave my head with Lucy. Lucy's head is practically shaven already. Yeah,
0: I mean, and here is the thing: I think it was it was, it was particularly upsetting for Stephen. I, I don't think I was. Pro it. But I think for him, he definitely felt like this is a daughter and he doesn't think that's a good idea. And but she has I think it's
1: beautiful hair like beautiful yours, hair. too. Who would want to shave all that beautiful hair off? But-, but
0: here's the thing. My thing is like, you know what? Let's not get a crew cut now. But when you're 18, if you want to get a crew cut. And I mean, then when she went off to college, it was like, yeah, I mean, I'm going to she wanted to do it. And I said, OK, but here's the thing. Could you just not do it beginning of freshman year? Could you wait, go meet your people and whatever. And then I don't know what it was, was the end of freshman year where she was like, yeah, I'm doing it. So yeah. I am like, okay, you've thought yeah. through it. And the truth is her hair is fantastic and I love it. It is. I know. I love it too. But it is short. It is short. So and what it, are some of our funny little things that we would do for each other? Like, for example, there was this one that you mentioned before about sending the food back. Right, right.
1: Well, I was—I just never felt really bold or entitled enough to send my food back so you you would always like if you don't like those fries because I would say oh the fries they're really not as good as usual you'd be like just send them back and I would say no so server would come to the table and you go she would like to send her fries back and they would take my fries and then you on the other hand did not ever want to ask for something like extra mayo right so you would say oh I really wish I had some extra mayo so then I would just say to the server could you bring us some extra mayo for the table so we both we, we kind of like we opposites. Right. We'd, we'd pick up for each other and um, support each other in these weird little ways. And I, I remember you you did lots of different eating programs. Yes. Oh, my before gosh. Before Whole30. Right. So I knew so many different ways of eating um, and so many, you know, sort of diet philosophies and stuff. Um,
0: oh, we did raw food and there was vegan and there was fasting and there was just uh, – there was the days of microbiotic. Right, right. You know, yeah, and then I'd done the Candida diet, and so I've definitely done an explore. Thin within. Oh, thin within, and thin within was a really good one. It's about eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're full. It was it was very
1: basic, but yeah. but also it was interesting. And you always would ask me like why I didn't eat certain things on my plate, or why did you leave that there, and and like do you eat to a five or to a six? And that's what it was kind of about, like learning your um,
0: hunger signals. Hunger signals, and yeah. you've always been. You're, you're a very thin person. Uh,
1: kind of naturally
0: thin. I uh, am the other hand yeah. of So there is that idea of that study of somebody who has this thing that you might want to say. And so there's that exploration of asking questions. Yeah, yeah. Because a naturally thin person doesn't have to finish the French fries because they know if they wanted to have French fries tomorrow, they could have it. And I think somebody who isn't, and I can only speak for myself, you know, then there's the thing of I must finish the French fries because I might not be having French fries for a while. Yeah. Um, so I think just learning about people who have what you want is... It's a very sort of secret kind of thing. Yeah. What are some of our, our funnest times that you remember?
1: Um, every birthday party you ever threw for me, which I think there are probably three or four.
0: Some good ones. We but one of my
1: it. one of my favorite ones, um, foodie. This is also, we have to remember before internet, social media, really doing things like that. A very early birthday party of mine, you decided to get the best thing, like the best, what did it? could have been lobster from was, Maine, the best uh, blueberries, blueberries, from bacon, the best bacon mm-hmm. from Missouri. So you like scoured the country for the best of everything from all these different states. And then you threw this amazing brunch and everything was the best that you could get in the country. That was the ripest at that time. So that was one of my favorites. And then there was another one that was at a restaurant where, you know, one would go like, well, no big deal. You just go to a restaurant and you pay. no. You came and you decorated the table in advance before we got there, and then my chair had a heart with rose petal, like made from rose petals, and it was so beautiful. Then I think each guest had a little stamped card with something, you know, a saying on it. It was a must have been my fortieth birthday party. I love that. Yeah, that was.
0: Yeah, then I got blogging, and I just, yeah, it's just like... Well, you've certainly
1: taken yeah. it to a half a million people. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's not, but but a lot of what you're doing now is is just what you were doing before, except for you're doing it now for everyone around the world. Yeah. And on a you different know,
0: scale, but it's the same thing I always say that I'm doing now what I've always it. done, sharing recipes with friends and doing a giveaway. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I think one thing we're really joined by is our is our the importance of mother-daughter in our life. yeah. So, And it doesn't always mean that mother-daughter, whether it's your own mother or your own daughter, is, is easy. Just tell me a little bit about your own mother-daughter experience on, on each side, be, being a daughter and being a mother.
1: Um, I th- feel like both of them have their challenges. Mm-hmm. And certainly to me, being a daughter was, um, was a process of escaping all of my mom's um, notions of who I should be. And I really did turn out really different um, from I think what she would have wanted me to be or do. I think she wanted me to be um, like I'd be an executive at AT and T right now, ideally in, like in a her very perfect traditional world, person. very traditional and like with a lot of security. And um, basically, I turned into a person who I do my job barefoot for the mm-hmm. most part. Um, yeah, one of my one of my fond memories of my mom was it was like the good news and the bad news. The good news is I'm going to be on Oprah. The bad news is uh, it's teaching tantric sex. Right. So it's basically she can't tell her friends. Right. But it's like a thing you would want to tell your friends, but like there's no way she would just be horrified to tell anybody.
0: Yeah, it's like, you know, Rachel
1: um, does some kind of relationship coaching. I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But my, my um, mothering path was has, has been really different and one of the most fulfilling things in the world. Um, you know, having been a listener of your podcast I feel like my mothering even that being said is is different from it's it hasn't been my true north it hasn't been something that that came natural to me at all it um is really something I almost had to learn minute by minute and um even as as you remember the the earliest um times of my um early mother you know how hard it was my um earliest parenting moments were really fraught with what am I how how can I deal with this child like the baby books say every four hours they'll nurse for 45 minutes and I was like actually my daughter nurses for four hours every 45 minutes and um and like trying to like claw my way out of the fatigue and stuff and you were really always there for um with a sandwich or with sending one of your babysitters over or your babysitter would come over and solve some problem and, you know, she'd be 19 years old and she'd be like, oh no, you just put the nipple on the bottle like this and now your daughter will use the bottle um, and wouldn't have to nurse for four hours every 45 minutes. So um, to me, like a lot of people look at their um, child and, and they miss the year before and they look back and they miss when the child was Four years old or ten years old, and I feel like for me it gets better the older she gets. Yeah, right. It's different. And that it is really different. Yeah. Um,
0: not that it wouldn't be so lovely to go back and hold Lily as a baby or for a minute.
1: Know. Yeah, but it is not. Got, yeah. Honestly, it's not a thing I miss. I don't yeah. even miss ten years old. Um, but at at some point, you know, there was a moment, and like, I I still remember the moment and the look that she gave me. Um, that was life-changing for me, which was, I think she was about nine, and I said something, and she gave me, it was just a look, not a glare even, but it was something that crossed her face, and I thought, this is the first time she hasn't looked at me as though I was the most beautiful and smartest person she's ever seen in her life. It was like, wow, this is the end of innocence. She just kind of, like, disagreed with me. So in that moment, I thought, I want to... I want to do something about this. Like, how can I um, relate to her through that time when she's going to start not thinking I'm the greatest person in the world? Right. And um, and this is – I must have been channeling you because I think I sat down and, and sent an email out to everybody on my yoga email list saying I'm starting a mother-daughter group.
0: Oh, and that's how Moonbeam started. And it,
1: and I had no idea what I was going to do in the mother-daughter group. But what actually what I, what I, I did – I had looked around – world for either a book or a parenting group or something that would be geared toward mothers and daughters and really didn't see anything. And I thought, I have to create this. Um, and so I created this, this group and that has really um, given birth to a lot of other Moonbeams mother daughter groups after that. But Lily's group was my um, test group. And it really just was about meeting once a month and seeing each other. And, of course, we did other things during that. And my daughter said— Wonderful,
0: like little exercises. We had and-
1: lots of little exercises. And Lily had said when I brought it up to her in the first place, I don't want to do it if it's not fun. And that was always your adage, too. You, you right. were able to make everything fun. So I thought, you know what? That's true. It's not going to be about therapy and, like, sitting and, like, looking at each other in a serious way. It's going to be really beautiful and revel- reverent but also really fun. And— um, So it's just a way of of mothers and daughters sitting down and actually looking at each other. Because, you know, when you haven't seen someone's kid for six months and then you see them and they're a totally different kid, mothers kind of miss that. And so we are treating our, you know, 10-year-olds as if they're only nine and a half. And they're resistant to that. And I think that's what happens with mothers and daughters is you kind of stop seeing each other. So Moonbeams was a time to literally unplug, like literally no phones, and everybody sit down and have to look at each other, and we did some really fun exercises. Like one that I loved was I would set a timer for one minute or two minutes, and I would let the girl talk, and the mom was not allowed to say anything or interrupt. And we would say, well, here's, you can talk about school, go, two minutes, or media, two minutes, or boys. Um, So what would happen is the moms would see how they had like this, they were almost impelled to interrupt their daughters, but we weren't allowed to. Um, and it really taught the moms, I think, um, to listen to their daughters rather than feel like every moment is a teachable moment. Um, so moms really come through on the other end of that um, so grateful that they've kind of held hands with their daughter into the teen years rather than having their daughter need to push them away in order to get space.
0: That's beautiful. Yeah. I loved being, you know, we, we, were in one of the groups and I, I loved the experience. Yeah, you, you know, guys was, had a great group. We really did. It was a lot of fun and was also just like really a nice touchstone and a wonderful way to see each other and a great way to come together consciously once a month and say you know, let's really interact in a very meaningful way. But it didn't felt you know, put on and it wasn't like, it didn't feel too woo-woo. I mean, it really yeah. was lovely. And Are you doing many more of those groups? Only
1: one at the moment. So um, I'm always open
0: Right, um, what
1: I need is, um, you know, the the kind of mother that you were, who would have a circle of friends yes. that you can kind of recruit. Because um, the the tricky thing is, it's ideal if they're all from the same school or the same friend group, because the the trickiest thing is scheduling. Um, you know, finding one night a month, yeah, and that's it. Right. That. That everybody can make it is really tricky
0: because you got to make the commitment. If you're gonna do you are going to make it, you're a commitment do it for a year.
1: Everybody has yeah. lessons and stuff, and um, after school activities. So when the kids are all from the same school, it's helpful because yeah, then they're on it, the same schedule. Yeah, makes it makes sense.
0: So what didn't we say that you think we should have said?
1: <laughs> um, I think we covered a lot. One of my favorite things um, that if someone asked me what my favorite story. Or memory of you is um, is when you were going to have a party. This is all about parties that you used yeah, to have for me. Yeah. I mean, right. I'm a Leo. Yeah, <laughs> I really like is when this, people yeah. have parties <laughs> for me. Um, is this a love those yeah, Leo's party? you were. It is. You were. You were. Um, I was. You know, nine, eight and a half months pregnant, and you were having a blessing. Um, you know, for me. Um, and that morning, the morning of the blessing way. I called you and said, yeah, I'm I'm in labor, but I'm sure that I can make it till three. And, you know, when the party was going to start. And so, you know, a couple hours later, you came over and I think you took one look at me and you were like, she's not going to make it till three. Um, And then at another point, I said, um, all right, if if you guys want me to have this baby at home in my bed, I'm going to have it, you know, otherwise somehow get me to the hospital. And, you know, it was between you and Stephen and Barrett. Like, all I knew was I needed to get to the hospital. So Barrett called and um, called Northwestern. And the midwife said, no, based on the timing of her contractions, it's not time to bring her in yet. And and Barrett hung up and he said, yeah, you can't come in yet. And I looked at you and I said, I need to go to the hospital. Otherwise, I'm having this baby in my bed. And you called the midwife back. And I just remember it so clearly. And you said, I know this woman well. She has really good... Um, Yeah, it was like, it was, um, she's really good, um, like body consciousness. Mm -hmm. She's really got a good body awareness. And you need to let us come in right now. So basically you hung up and had had gotten us through. So we all started to assemble, you know, whatever we would need to get me to the hospital. And I heard you in the other room calling Whole Foods (laughs) saying, yeah, I'd like to return 20 pounds of tuna steak. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and you could and also I think you had 40 pounds of of strawberries yeah, or something yeah. that you wanted to return and I could I could imagine them on the other end going but this was a special order we have specially cut these these tuna steaks into and I heard you say I'm a really good customer I'll be coming in with the tuna steaks and I'd like a refund and it was so funny
0: or a credit toward a credit more credit toward purchase. more or whatever
1: yes. the thing was and I you know I'm in the middle of a contraction going like wow Terry is really working the phones over yeah. there um <laughs> So I feel like my whole like the way was paved for me, um, in that. in that moment of of having my baby and and the also really beautiful thing was when I got home, literally the next and I, I should also say that the midwife said to you, fine, come on in, but she's not having that baby till ten o'clock tonight, and um, and Lily was born at five oh seven.
0: Five oh seven. There we so, go. So so
1: thank you, because that would have so that welcome. that would have happened that would have <laughs> happened at my house. And, when women um,
0: tell you things, believe them.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, but when I got home 24 hours later, my house was clean. It had been set up for a baby, and you had magically sent someone over to do that for me.
0: And probably, in all fairness, Stephen Hartman was very helpful. He in probably that was really he helpful was too. Very handy at doing, and you know, he would have wanted you to be and Lily to be welcomed. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. That is
1: really one of my favorite stories is is how you welcomed my daughter and made my birth
0: um so much easier. I don't even remember that. But I, I mean I do remember returning the tuna. Anyways, it all worked out and I'm a very <laughs> regular customer. A lot of times when people want something done, they're like I'm like, oh, oh you gotta know? Okay. Well let me let me get on that.
1: Yeah, part. you're very assertive. It's just the Let's ordering of the extra mayo that that you oh, just Oh I know. Like, well a... I don't
0: want to be in there and going, like, I'm already a little chubby and then I ask, ask, want extra mayo. So I'm like yeah, yeah. skinny X for the ask for that. So where do people find you? What's your I am
1: Rachel Fisk. Um, you can look at you goddess Yoga. so you with a u, mm-hmm. u g o d d e s s. Oh, you I like Yoga dot com. Uh, okay. You dot com. And I teach yoga yep. as kind of my morning job, and then afternoons and evenings I teach couples about physical intimacy. So it's really strategizing about sex lives, um, which is. Really, one of the most fun things that I do, I get a lot of referrals from couples counselors who can't you know go that far with the couple but um but so they send them to me because I'm also a tantric sex teacher and then um I also do moonbeam's mother daughter groups
0: that is a girl's versatile right there. I love it she's got it all well it's such a pleasure to have you. You are um you know one of the dearest people in the world to me. I love that we share our kids that we shared our parents. I know yeah. for sure I wouldn't be in this moment with the book. That's when I tear up without you. Thanks yeah. for believing me. Thanks for all the times you stopped by the side of the road to correct my punctuation. Um, you know, just the thanks for being as different as we are. We have, you know, shared this path that's been so, it's so important to both of us for a very, very long time. And I feel really, really lucky to, to get you know, be free to be your friend. I love you with my whole heart. So I love you too, Terry. So. um... Anyways, come find us. Come find me over at No Crumbs Left. If you haven't gotten a book, absolutely get one. Come into 21 Cities, and I'm hoping I'm going to see you in one of them. Um, Come visit us at No Crumbs Left. Thanks, everybody.